0: We're spending uh, January going through looking at some wisdom uh, in how do we live our lives under God through the book of Proverbs. Uh, this morning we're going to be looking at a subject about work. It's A bit depressing, January, but sort of ha- want to be in holiday mode. But we're going to talk about work as we're sort of starting to get into that uh, season where we have to start thinking about it. Uh, I'm going to pray first and then we're going to dig a bit deeper. Dear Father God, we thank you that we can share this time together this morning. We thank you for the encouragement you are to us to keep going. But Lord, as, uh, for all of us, work is such a big part of our lives. We just pray that you'd help us now to, to understand, to uh, get a little bit more into your mind on uh, getting through another year, another decade, uh, another season of work. So we commit our time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. A little while ago, I was in a training course and they asked about goals what are your goals and I'm like I've got goals work goals where I'm you know this is where the church is going this is what I want to see happen but then they said no what are your goals I'm like what do you mean what are my goals Um, what does that look like and they say why do you go to work why do you do what you do what are your goals what do you want to see happen from your work five years ten years I'm like I never really thought of that for personal goals in what, and particularly in light of work. Why do you work? And when we talk about work, it's work in regards to everybody. We all do something that we call work. It doesn't have to be paid work, whether you're a boss or an employee, uh, whether you're the CEO, whether you're the labourer, whether you're a student or whether you're a stay-at-home parent. We've all got work. Even retirees tell me they've never been busier than what they're, they're, they're now. They do work. Because everything's got their own particular stress or anxiety or pressure or mundaneness to push through. And now we're looking into another year. How do we push through another year of work, let alone another decade of work? That's a bit of a depressing thought when we look that far ahead. Are we going to do anything different this year than we've done in the past? If work last year wore you down and you was disheartened, uh, even work is... Uh, research has shown... Uh, uh, related to anxiety and pressures that way if we're going to push into another year or another decade of work and we've felt that pressure and anxiety in the past are we just going to push into it with another year doing the same old same old with the same pressures or is there something we can glean from God's word where he can say actually you can jump into work to make it easier to make it better to understand the role of work and wisdom, literature in proverbs, actually says a lot about work. In fact, says so much, we're only going to be touching on a little bit. We're not going into the theology of work. Why do what God's plan for work? We're not going to go into the Christian ethics of work. This is how you should be as a Christian worker. We're just asking a simple question: How do I get through another year? What do I make of work for another year? Now that we're pushing into it again, is it the same old, same old, or am I going to do anything different this year? So, we're going to uh, pick up four quick points. The first one is actually doing a bit of groundwork before we hit the book of Proverbs, uh, and it's asking the question is work meant to be this hard? Because let's face it, if we're going to talk about work, we have to acknowledge that it's hard. Is it, me- is it just me? Or is it meant to be this hard? And if we go back to Genesis, we see uh, right from the opening chapters, God worked, he uses the word, he worked in creation, in making creation. Then he handed over to Adam and Eve, you work in the garden, even before the fall, when the garden was good. Here, you you manage it, you work it. So work was good for us in that sense as humanity. But then as we hit the fall, as we call it, when Adam and Eve rejected God, they ate the fruit that He said not to eat, uh, and everything was cursed. Uh, all of a sudden, work become toil, and we can see in 3:17, God cursed the ground, and through it you'll eat the food, uh, but then it will produce thorns and thistles. That's going to cause more work. Uh, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. Like it's going to be toil. Work is going to be hard. And it's actually, as you go through Genesis, you realise how hard it's going to be. You hit chapter 5. Chapter 5 is the genealogy. Uh, And we get, you know, this man was born, he lived this long, but he had this son named this person. And we hit chapter 5, verse 28, where we meet this guy, Lamech, uh, had lived 182 years and he had a son and he named him Noah and said, see, Noah, when he come along, there was great expectations on Noah. I'm not sure whether you realise this, it's sort of hidden in the genealogy. His parents had great expectations on Noah that he was going to be their saviour. And when we think Noah, he's going to save them from what? Save them from an evil and corrupt world. He's going to save them from the storm. He's going to save them and give them life from the, the rain, the floods that are coming. But no, they named him Noah and said, what sort of saviour savior do they want? He will comfort us in the labour and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. He's going to save us from work. You know, that's why we all have children, isn't it? To make life easier for us. Now, I'm, I'm thinking Lamech was 182 years when he had his son. He's expecting it. If I was that old, I'd be expecting my son to make my life easier too. Because we need to acknowledge that work is toil. Work is hard. You're not unusual, if you're having a hard day, to think, man, This is. have I got this wrong? Because this is hard. Even for Jesus, when God came into this world to walk this earth, Jesus came as a baby, we celebrated at Christmas time. He became a carpenter. He did work. Surely, if anybody's got an excuse not to do manual labor, it's God, but no. He came as a tradey, as a carpenter. And about the age of 30, he had a, a career change and got into ministry doing the Father's work. And you go, surely that's an easier line of work. But how long did he last? About three years, he worked himself to death. Like, he threw himself into the Father's work. He didn't actually last that long, which comforts me because I think I've been in ministry like 15 years now and I'm going, man, I've lasted longer than Jesus. But it's maybe because I'm not throwing myself into it as much as he is or was. But it's like, even Jesus experienced the toil of work. So when it's hard, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. In fact, if anything, because work is so hard here, it points us to a better time in heaven where there's no toil. might have work, but it's not going to be the toil like it is now. Is work meant to be this hard? Well, yeah. If it was easy, people wouldn't pay you to do it. They'd just do it themselves. But because it's hard, they want more people to, to employ us and do jobs. So then we go into Proverbs and we ask the question, well there's avoiding work, surely that helps because we all want the easiest job uh, and and get, get through life with a minimum amount of work. But we come up with this proverb in 24 verse 30 that we just had read for us talking about the vineyard owner. Now surely if you want an easy job it's running a vineyard, right? You just sit back and just watch your plants grow and you don't have to do much at all. But no, not this one. The person writing Proverbs says, look, I went past the field of a sluggard, a lazy man, uh, someone who has no sense. He's not thinking it through. Thorns had come up everywhere. The ground was covered with weeds. The stone wall was in ruins. He's describing this vineyard where the walls had fallen down. When the walls fall down, all the animals come in, and the animals come in and eat, eat the roots of the vines and ruin the vines. He's got no harvest. The vines are in a mess because of all the weeds. And it sounds like he's got... Nothing in the in the barn as well. No harvest that he's making any money from. He's so, you know, going, I think I thought about his situation. And he's saying, look, I, I watch him. A little sleep, a little slumber. Yeah, you know, it doesn't look too bad. Looks pretty innocent. A little folding of the hands to rest. Poverty comes on him like a thief. Now... If you were a hard worker and had your barns full of your crop, your harvest, it's payday because of all your hard work and a thief come in and stole all your hard work and stole your good and left you in poverty and left you with nothing, you'd be angry at the thief, wouldn't you? You'd go, you've left me with nothing, you've stolen my stuff and you'd want to pursue them and get justice because they've robbed you. But what the, the Proverbs writer is saying, actually, if you're lazy, you're robbing yourself you just sit back and at the end of the day, you wake up and go, where's my harvest? Where's my payday? I've got nothing. He's going, but you haven't earned it. So you've actually robbed yourself of the opportunity for, for to gain what you want, to gain the payday, the money, the prosperity. So he's saying, even if you avoid work, you're robbing yourself, it doesn't work. Even Jesus talked about uh, the lazy man comes down really hard. He told the story about uh, the men who were, were given some coins to look after for the king. And some of the, some of the men invested the coins to make lots of money. And one, one of the men just buried the coin because he didn't want to lose it and pulls it out. And Jesus called him uh, lazy. He says, You don't even deserve to be in the kingdom if you're that lazy there's a sense of laziness, we're not taking up the opportunities, not just for us, but what we created for as well. So are we meant to be uh, taking it easy, taking the easy route? Well, in a sense, no, you're not going to get the reward, you're robbing yourself if you're avoiding work. Now we get deeper, because that's pretty negative, isn't it? It's like, No, you must work. No, you put your head down. Now we get to some positive stuff. Proverbs says we should be working towards a goal. And it comes up with Proverbs like this. An appetite of labourers works for them. Their hunger drives them on. What it's saying is uh, you can tell who's going to work the hardest when that day is because they were hungry. They needed the money to buy lunch. So if you needed food, you're going to get a job or else you're not going to eat. But the hungrier you are, the more you're going to work, because you need more food. So you can tell the hardest workers are those with the biggest appetites, because they, they, need, they, need the, the, they need the food. Now, for us, the same principle works out. If we've got no goals or nothing we're working for, what's your motivation to work? There's little motivation. But if we've got actually goals, whether it's food, But it could be goals of uh, holidays, you know, we we need to buy a house, we need to upgrade the car. If we've got some sort of goals, it's like the appetite. I've got to work, so I need to save my money, because I've got this thing coming up. And in a sense, the bigger the goal, the harder you're going to work to achieve the goal. The old principle of goals is having goals threads through uh, the book of Proverbs in God's wisdom. Now, I have friends who are farmers... And they worked really hard, but uh, now there's a bit of distance between us, so friends on Facebook, and all I see them doing on Facebook is uh, going on cruises, going on overseas holidays, doing their hobbies, and their hobbies is racing cars, as in they've got their own race cars. And I think, man, you guys have got a life. How how can you do that? How can you get the money and the time to do that? Or the better question, how can I get the money and time to do that? Because that looks so good. But what Facebook doesn't show is all the hours they're on the tractor. They're dairy farmers, they're up at like 3am every morning, milking cows. They also harvest crops. They can do 70 or 80 hours a week on the tractors, ploughing in the crop and then harvesting the crops. They're hard workers. And what gets you through 70 or 80 hours sitting on a tractor or getting up at 3am in the morning? It's working for something. They've got goals, they know their next holiday is booked. I'm going to work hard because we're going to pay for it and we're going to enjoy it. I know, I want to upgrade my racing car, so I need the parts to do that. So I'm going to work for it and I'm going to work hard for it. They've got big goals because they work extra hard. It works. It works out for us. There's a proverb or saying uh, that's around recently that comes up. You have to do the things you have to do to do the things you want to do. You won't find that in the book of Proverbs, so I've, I've claimed it. I'm sure I stole it from somewhere, but it's stuck in my head because it's great. It picks up the same thing. You have to do the things you have to do to do the things you want to do. I mean, often we want to do stuff. We want to get stuff. We want, we want the, the newest phone or we want the nice car or we want the big house. We want stuff. But you can't just get it. You have to do the things you have to do. You have to earn the money. You have to earn the responsibility, you have to earn particular things to give you the opportunity. Now, this is a good one to remember, particularly for parents. If you're going to, in a sense, train your kids early to take responsibility for stuff, this is a great one. Kids want screen time, they want play time. Well, actually, if you want to do the things you want to do, you have to do the things you have to do. You have to help me with the dishes, you have to put your washing out, you have to do that, so then you can do the things you want to do, because it's the principle for life. You can't just get the stuff you want at any time. You have to do the things you have to do to do the things you want to do. And this is unfolded. There's another, there's another Proverbs uh, in 24-27. Put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready. After that, build your house. Now you can imagine the farmer, he's got his house plot set out on the top of the hill he's going yeah i can't wait to get into it i can't wait to dive into it but the wisdom says if you get into it now you're going to miss the harvest time make sure you're on the tractor putting in the seed because if you don't do the harvest if you don't plant the seed now there's no harvest in a few months which means no payday and you're not going to pay for your house so get your priorities in order sometimes you have to do the things you have to do to do the things you want to do Even Proverbs are saying, it's good to have goals, it's good to have your house. I can imagine him on his plough, probably pulling behind some donkeys, looking up at his house plot and going, one day I'm going to have that house. But it's motivation. It's when we've got the goal, helps us to be motivated at work, even if your work is just going to pay for something else. It's good to have that motivation even Jesus talked about uh, the man who's giving the example of the man who wanted to build a tower and he's going to be a fool if he didn't first do a do a budget do his sums can he afford to build the tower because he doesn't want to get halfway through and not be able to afford to finish it everybody will look at him and think he's a fool Jesus says he says think it through you can't just get stuff when you want it do the things you have to do to get things you, to do things you want to do. Uh, it clearly comes out. But it sort of leaves it open. Goals are good for us on those hard days when we lack motivation. It's mundane, whether we're doing the washing at home or you know, cooking meals at home, uh, and we go, why am I doing this? Or when we're at work and we go, this is not worth the pressure or this is not worth the responsibilities. Why am I doing this? If I've got goals, it's like, yeah, that's right, I'm working towards that. I'm working for that bit in my life. That's why I'm doing it. And it's going to be helpful to get through. But also, we can take that a step further. What Proverbs talks about is living life under God's rule, which means God, our Father God,'s got particular priorities and we need to align ourselves with His priorities. So, having goals is good. It's even better when those goals really matter. They really matter so a lot of things we've been talking about is earning money to buy stuff buy a holiday buy a car buy a phone or things like that but it's bigger than that stuff that really matters if it's just money proverbs says you're actually treading on dangerous ground because it says in uh, 23 4 do not wear yourself sa- do not wear yourself out to get rich do not trust in your own cleverness but cast a glance at riches and they are gone for they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. It's like, if that's your ambition, and sure, there's marketers that are going to try and sell us their dream. They're going, if you don't have a goal for your life, we'll give you a goal. Marketers will go, dream the dreams. You know, the lotto ad of, wouldn't it be nice? You're sitting on the beach and not all care in the world. Or buy buy this business, buy this... um, opportunity where you can only work 20 hours a week and earn 100 grand a year. And we're like, where do we sign up? It's a dream. It sounds fantastic. And we want to chase it and want to chase the money. What Proverbs is saying is actually you're going to be, keep chasing it. As soon as you got it, if you get it, just glance at it. It's going to be gone. Bills are going to come in. It's going to fly off. It's not worth what it says, uh, wearing yourself out for just money. It's not worth it. But it says, if our, if our goals are meaningful, it actually says this about money in 1124. One man gives freely and yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly. He's talking about money, hoarding his money. But he comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. See, when we're talking about goals, why do you work? How are you going to get through another year? What are some goals that you're going to get that's meaningful, that aligns with God? It's actually saying, you might be working to support and refresh others. I know a number of people who work, uh, not that they have to work, but they work for the sake of, they can be generous. They can support ministry. They can support missions. They can support other people. They like blessing other people. And in fact, with that attitude, he says, they're the ones that are going to be refreshed. If one of your goals this year is I want to finish this year better than I finished last year because last year work made me tired, work wore me out, work stressed me and gave me anxiety. I want to finish this year being refreshed. Maybe see your job as a way of refreshing others, blessing others. Those in your household, those friends, those doing ministry and reaching others for Christ. There's other goals out there that can spur us on. That actually refresh us and build us up and give us meaningful not just meaning in our jobs but meaning in our lives as well so this year i want you to think about not just going through another year and just pushing on but i actually want you to think make time today if you can how do i want to feel this time next year the start of next year what goals do i have Like being refreshed would be a good goal. I don't want to be worn out by the end. I want to be refreshed. But how does that fit with work? Have I got to change my attitude? Not necessarily change a job, because I think that's what we all go to. I want an easier job. But maybe it's an attitude thing. How am I going to be refreshed? How am I using my money? How am I using the opportunities I have at work to improve myself? I'll give you a few ideas about goals. And one of it is uh, about money, if we're working for money. See, Jesus says, actually, if you're earning money and uh, how you're using money, a great way to uh, spend it is to store up treasures in heaven, which is a little bit like what this proverb said. Are you refreshing others with your money? Are you helping out ministry to reach others to come into the kingdom? Are you using your money to bless others? There's this saying, do you you use friends to make money or do you use your money to make friends? It's that kind of thing. Is money that much of a priority that it's all about the money or are you using your money for a particular purpose? I mean, we've talked a lot about, yeah, the holidays, the phone, but purpose with meaning, you know, storing up treasures in heaven's got eternal significance. Are you, you, you working towards blessing others, Will that help you get through that busy day? So I'm doing it to be uh, building others up. But also, there's other goals that's not about money. It's actually you and building up you as a character. When I finish next year, I actually want to grow in maturity in my faith. I want to be a better person. I want to be built up in my character. Now, work is often a great place that's going to teach you patience. Uh, could it teach you leadership? Could it teach you responsibilities? Often when we get the the responsibilities and the extra load and burden, we go, oh, no, I don't want that. I don't want the extra stuff at work. But rather than being weighed down by it, to actually go, no, I want to grow through this. The boss has put me in charge of this level. I want to be better at leading others. And I want to grow in maturity. And for that, if I'm a better person, and if I'm growing in maturity as a person, that I'm also showing that to my family. I'm growing in leadership outside my work hours I'm more patient outside my work hours to, to actually not think work is there to drain you and suck you dry but actually how's work going to make me a better person think through if that's possible if that's how it works and actually set some goals write down at the end of the year I'm going to open up this this envelope and I'm going to say yeah I want to be a better leader a better person more patient things like that more responsible work gives you all those things uh, here's another one: How much you influence others. see the Bible talks about how you can be a blessing to others, whether it's those inside your household, uh, whether you're a parent and you're influencing your kids. That's an amazing influence. You're actually contributing to the lives when they're shaping and being formed. And, and sometimes that's one of the most mundane jobs when you're at home with your kids. But it's but it's also one of the most rewarding that you're contributing to something that you will see fruit from maybe 10 years, hopefully 20 years, but you're contributing there. It gives your work meaning and purpose because you're influencing others, uh, hopefully influencing them in a godly way. But if you're at work and working with other people, there's opportunities to influence them too. How often do we actually think about, actually, I want I want to, by the end of this year, be a positive influence on my workmates. They're always negative or they're always bagging out something. I actually want them to see the positive side of life, even... Uh, the positive side that God loves them. To actually put that down as a goal, not just, oh, I'm going to pray for it in a wish list, but actually go, what am I doing in my work situation to actually influence others with a good um, uh, godly influence? There's a whole lot of things like that that's not about money, but good goals to have that uses work and gives us reason to work, particularly when things get hard it's motivation to get us through it's not just about doing the job but it's actually growing yourself and growing others around you being blessing to others so i encourage you next week we're talking about rest okay because we all wrestle with this work-life balance i'm trying to give you a reason to enjoy work and to have goals to complement the rest of your life next week we're going to look at rest and just how we can make better use of our time and and grow in our godliness in a restful way as well so i look forward to next week as well. We're not just all about work. We do want to uh, balance that rest. But it's all about growing and maturing as a person and blessing those others around us. So I hope you make time this week. Sit down. What are some goals? Even if it involves money and holidays and buying stuff. But even if it is, how can I influence others? Goals that really matter to others. That this is a good reason to work. It's a good reason to put my head down. So when, when times are tough through work, you just can remind yourself. That's right. I'm working towards this. This is character building, or this is opening up opportunities for me to do other things. How would I pray for us for the start of the new year? And uh, yeah, I hope that you can work through that stuff to make this year better, better than the last. Let's pray. Dear Father God, we thank you for making us who we are. We thank you for the opportunity to work, and the responsibilities and opportunities to influence others. That that is. Lord, thank you for all the stay-at-home parents, that they work hard, uh, even unseen. We pray for them that in their important roles in in raising kids, that you would certainly help them to uh, see value in what they do in a world that doesn't value unpaid work. But Lord, please give them uh, the wisdom and courage to raise kids up to know you and love you and walk with you. Lord, for those who are studying, please help them to see... The, the pathway that they're on, the goal of becoming uh, good at what they do, a, a better job or a career of their choice. Help them in those times of difficulty to see the big picture, to put their head down, to be diligent in what they do. Help those who are uh, doing mundane jobs or jobs of high stress, high responsibility or leading others. Lord, please protect them from anxiety. Please give them purpose for their work. Please give them goals, goals with meaning. Please help them to have your priorities, Lord, that they're working for something substantial and that's part of your kingdom. Lord, please also be with our retirees, that they use their time well, but also that within their work, and they've got massive influence that they may not realise, that they would be a blessing to others also. But Lord, please keep them uh, safe and well and and also keep focused on your priorities. Lord, we need your help with this because there's so many other dreams and visions people want to sell us but Lord let us pursue you your dreams and your kingdom we pray this in Jesus name amen